Hey there, welcome to the Truth and Gratitude Podcast. My name is Brooke Schneider and I am your host here on the Truth and Gratitude Podcast, as well as the writer slash blogger for the Truth and Gratitude blog. What are you going to find with Truth and Gratitude? You're going to find truth, capital T truth. You're going to find faith, all things about faith, as well as travel. These are a lot of the things that I'm super pumped and excited to be sharing with you about. You can check out on the blog all the adventure guides that have been written um, in regards to all the travel and adventure that we've been on, as well as here on the podcast. But also, you're going to be hearing a lot about capital T truth, not my truth, not your truth, but the controversial topic of the truth, capital T, right? As well as things in regards to our faith. And so I'm so excited for you to be here today. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Truth and Gratitude podcast. This is Brooke Schneider, and here we are back for the second episode of the Live Your Truth and Other Lies series that we are doing. If you are unaware of this series, we're doing a new series where we're doing a deep dive into the book Live Your Truth and Other Lies by Elisa Childers. And now that I think about it, her last name may be Childers. I don't know. It's spelled C-H-I-L-D-E-R-S. So who knows how it's pronounced? So I apologize to Lisa if it's pronounced one way or the other, but nonetheless, we're going through this study together. This was a book that I went through with my current life group that I'm doing from church. And um, I just thought that the notes that we went over, the discussions that we had, the content that we covered, I just felt like it was, it was really good stuff that I thought would be great to share here on the podcast. One thing I want to bring your attention to is we have the ability here, or you have the ability to answer questions or make comments on each podcast episode. So if you're listening through Spotify, I know these podcast episodes are put anywhere and everywhere uh, podcasts are available. But if you're listening on Spotify to this podcast episode, you can go onto the actual episode and look under the description and it will give you a little, um, a little, uh, statement that says, give us your questions, just hit reply and you're able to, uh, put in your questions that you may have. And, uh, you never know, I may be answering those or mentioning those here on our podcast episode. So definitely check those out if you're interested. So, uh, we last week covered the very first chapter. So here we are again, welcome back to the second, um, the second part to this and this second chapter, this one is, uh, it doesn't do quite a dive into any truths necessarily or quote unquote lies that we're covering, but I do think it's important that we kind of wade into the waters slowly, right? We're just kind of wading into the waters, really getting a good firm foundation on, um, on just, um, what we're going to be covering before we just start, undoing lies here. And so this second chapter that, um, that Elisa writes about, she really emphasizes and really talks about how important it is to understand, um, the words that we're using, right. And that also the words that we're using nowadays, there's so many different meanings to the words. There's so many, there's also a lot of vocabulary that, um, apparently every now and then someone will say, Oh, we don't say that anymore. That's highly offensive. Right. 
Um, and so she kind of goes through by starting to tell a story about how she had done some travels overseas and she had accidentally, uh, used the wrong word. She thought it was an appropriate word to use, right? But she was talking about someone's pants. She was saying that she liked their pants and, um, she ended up telling this male, this person that she actually liked his underwear. Um, and this was like some British rock star that she was talking to and, uh, she didn't mean to tell him that he had nice underwear. She meant to tell him that she liked his pants. And, um, of course she got some really interesting, um, looks, right? And so that just brought me back to when I had studied abroad Um, I had went and lived in Mexico for quite some time, um, when I was in college and, um, you know, I don't know if you've ever taken a, a, a world language before, but mine of course was Spanish. And, um, and when you're in the college setting or really anywhere, the, the language that, that, that they're teaching you straight out of the books, um, people will tell you when you go to other countries and you're starting to speak to them, um, I mean, of course they appreciate that, that you're learning their language, you're learning their culture, you're learning their people, but they will explain to you that the words that you're using, it's kind of like we're speaking very formally to them. They can understand what you're saying, but maybe those words that you're using that you were taught here in the United States, they may be a little bit, um, I don't know, maybe outdated or maybe you're just speaking in a very formal way. I'm not sure if you ever had that experience before, but when I I learned a certain way here in the States, and then when I went and studied abroad, when I finally got to where we were going, um, you get, you would get these different looks, right? Like, oh, that's so cute. She's trying to speak our language and you just try to do the best that you could. And I remember, um, I remember some people, uh, it's almost like we started to try to speak Spanglish, right? Like we, we couldn't quite formulate what it was that we were just trying to say. And, um, and then at that point you just start making words up and that's not the thing to do. I remember, um, at one point trying to explain how I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed about something. And instead of me saying the word for embarrassed, I ended up just saying embarazada. And embarazada means pregnant. <laughs> so you can imagine the looks that I got when I said, I'm pregnant. And they're like, like what? Um, that was not the word that I needed to use. Um, so it's just, this chapter really reminded me just the importance of the words that you're using and, um, and, and just how important it is to also understand the context, right? The context in which they're spoken. Um, she even goes on to say that whenever she was talking about um, commenting on someone's pants, she said, what I understood as outerwear, right? The pants he understood as underwear. So obviously there was this disconnection, right? There, one was not understanding and the one was trying to understand. And she says, but you don't have to even live on two different continents for miscommunication to happen. And boy, are we, are we in a society now in a day and age where there's just a lot of miscommunication, um, on all parties. So she begins to talk about how, um, she talks a lot about tolerance and nowadays, um, you know, tolerance, I feel like 
not even that long ago, um, in order to be tolerant or to tolerate somebody there, it was, you were able to disagree maybe with someone's stance on their political views, on their morals, or maybe just some choices that they made, but you were still able to have a respect with that person. You were still able to, um, you know, be around that person and have a conversation. But nowadays I do believe that the word for tolerance has changed. I believe that now in order to be tolerant of someone, and I, I could see someone actually saying that in order to be tolerant, that's not even, that's not even a positive outlook anymore. It used to be, um, to be tolerant, you know, that, that kind of had a positive outlook, but I could actually see someone saying that even just being tolerant, um, doesn't even feel warm and fuzzy right now in order to be tolerant, you need to be full blown accepting, full-blown accepting um, and really trying to understand um, maybe another person's lifestyle, the choices that they're making. And she actually goes on to say that tolerance in our culture today, it often means celebrating and affirming the opinion of someone else and never implying that they could be objectively wrong about anything, especially when it comes to morality or religion. So it used to be that maybe, um, maybe your stance on abortion or maybe your stance on drugs and alcohol use or, or something like that, you know, you could tolerate someone's different opinion about that if it differed from yours, but with also stating your opinion by saying, you know, I, I choose to not believe in that, right? But now it almost seems that today, if we are not affirming someone else's different opinions, there's going to need to be some strife. There's going to be some um, miscommunication there. There's going to be some issues with that there. Um, she even goes on to say that you can't tolerate a person unless you disagree with them, right? So this, that's actually the redefinition. We're redefining our words nowadays. It says the modern usage of tolerance is not just a redefinition. It's the exact opposite of what the word actually means. You can't tolerate a person unless you disagree with them. Um, this updated definition robs people of having actual opinions, at least ones they're permitted to say out loud. So um, the, just the changing of words, the changing of definitions really has put us in a pickle for sure. She goes on to talk about like some of the words that have kind of been just under fire uh, nowadays. And I'm sure you could turn on the news, you could turn on any podcast episode um, and, and just some of the uses of the, these words that she uses as an example are really, they, it may cause a little bit of strife. So she says that tolerance isn't the only one getting a modern day makeover words like love, hate, bigot, male, female, oppression, justice, and truth. Many of which we'll talk about in this book are constantly being refashioned. So you can imagine the confusion that can happen when people don't carefully define their terms. We can end up talking past each other, never coming to an agreeable conclusion simply because we aren't thinking about what our words mean. And so really in this book, we really talk about the importance of words because they are for sure changing, right? Um, so as she goes on, she really talks about um, the use of social social media and how social media um, has kind of played a part into this. We all know that social media has really 
um, brought the world together. It really has. I mean, you're able to find, a lot, I don't know, lost family members on Facebook and you're able to connect to friends that you, um, very rarely see, uh, and family members as well. We know during the pandemic, uh, social media and just technology in itself was, um, it was a lifesaver, right? Um, we were able to, I mean, I know I was teaching during that time. And so Zoom and different apps that we use for the students was very, very helpful. But the, the use of social media, I do believe that this shouldn't even be a controversial topic because I think we can all agree that social media says that it's trying to bring the world together, right? Different people, different walks of life, and we're all coming together. But we we come to find out as that social media becomes this act of self-worship. And I love how she puts it that also... Uh, Social media also creates armchair prophets teaching falsehood. And I just thought that was so funny that, you know, you just imagine these, these people all leaned up on their couches in their, their uh, armchairs, um, claiming that they know everything in regards to faith, in regards to truths, in regards to the Bible and Christianity But in the end, they may not know that much and they end up teaching falsehoods. You can see this all over TikTok as well, I know, and and, and Instagram too. Um, But definitely on those very short video clips, um, Melissa Childers talks about this a lot, about how um, sometimes you'll find on certain TikToks and Reels that you have a short amount of time um, to make those videos. And so sometimes you have people who will come on to make an argument either for or against Christianity and the faith, and they do it in a very short time span. And it's, and it's like, it it could be something very simple as, did you know that in the Bible that, you know, and it's whatever claim they're making and they have to make it in a very short amount of time. And so by the end of the video, they're shouting, they're, they're spitting out all these quote unquote facts. And by the end of the video, you're like, whoa, you don't even have time to understand or really debate back in your mind what you're hearing, um, these claims about Christianity. And in the end, you're left going, wait, is that really true? Um, Elisa talks about that during this time, um, this time of social media use, it has created self-made Bible teachers and bloggers who shepherd millions of followers. Many of these personalities have drifted into progressive Christianity and are now leading their flocks away from historic gospel. Um, Elisa Childers, I have such a deep respect for her because she actually wrote another book called Another Gospel. Um, She wrote it before this one. And it was about a time in her life. She had been a Christian pretty much all her life. Um, She had gotten married. She had her first child. And she started going to this church where um, she was very plugged in. She loved the church that she went to. And the pastor of this church decided to invite her to come to a kind of like a private study. There was like a certain um, number of people that was in this group. And um, she writes about in her book, Another Gospel, about how, you know, the first few weeks that they met at this study, you know, everything seemed okay. And then she started understanding and realizing that the pastor 
described himself as agnostic. So he described himself as not even really truly believing everything that's in the Bible. He actually debated against a lot of it. Um, and come to find out he was leading his church and the members that were in this group into progressive Christianity. Now, if you're not quite sure about what progressive Christianity is, basically progressive Christianity has, um, it, it basically takes a small changing. It's a small changing of words and meanings. It's a taking away of a little bit here in the Bible, taking a little bit there from the Bible based on our feelings, what we like and what we don't like that we're reading in the word. Um, and it, it really is a breaking down of I don't like what the word is saying here. So I'm going to leave that out. I'm going to try, I'm going to try to not, um, pay attention to this part. Oh, I really like, you know, I really like the soft and, and, and loving Jesus here in the story. So I'm going to really tune into that, but I'm not going to tune into these other parts because they feel very contradictory. Um, they feel very, um, you know, it just doesn't sell, settle well with me. Um, so I'm just going to choose to not take part in that part of scripture. The problem with that, with picking and choosing what we want and taking things out of context, taking away historical factors from the word altogether, you're You're basically building your own gospel. <laughs> you're building your own Bible. And that right there is not the word of God, right? It is not, you don't, you don't get to pick and choose what you want. Now, I do know that in other religions, I have read about other religions where there are many, many gods where you can choose. You can choose from any God that feels best to you. You can choose from any God that maybe you might want to worship or um, you may want to, especially when we talked about manifestations, like you can choose from a plethora of things that you want to manifest and, and all of those things. Um, and, and you know what, that's, that's fine and dandy with, with those religions. If that's what you practice, then that's what you practice. But in the Christian faith, we have, we believe in the Christian faith that the Bible is God breathed, that it is the word of God, that it stood the test of time, um, that there are, um, What's amazing about the Bible is that it was written over, over a course of hundreds, if not thousands of years and written by different writers, right? Um, but it has stood the test of time, which is so amazing. And for me, I believe that, um, you either, you either take it or you leave it. You don't get to choose. This isn't a buffet, you don't get to go choose and say, hmm, I'm going to have a little bit of this. So I'm going to have a little bit of that. Have I done that before? Absolutely. There have been so many times where um, this past year I was reading through, um, you know, I was reading through the whole Bible. I had read through the whole Bible in one year. And there were a lot of things in the very beginning where I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that. Um, in fact, I for the longest time did not want to read through the Old Testament because I remember saying, oh, I don't know if I like the Old Testament God. Like, I just feel like God is just a lot nicer in the New Testament. <laughs> but in the Old Testament, he seems very angry and just, um, you know, I just don't know if I really like, you know, the way that he is portrayed in the Old Testament it just doesn't feel good. And come to find out, um, the problem was, was that I was taking a lot of that interpretation out of context. I was not 
reading into the word, learning about the culture, learning about the history, learning about the people, and not understanding that, you know, God is also, God, God was angry at times, but he had every right to be. Um, he had a whole generation of people that chose to not listen over and over and over and over after chance, after chance, after chance. And so, um, with progressive Christianity, this is very similar. It's, it's where you pick and choose what you like and what you don't like, and you kind of move forward with it there. And, um, Elisa really talks about progressive Christianity is now becoming an issue because, um, because of that, you're getting a lot of, um, not clear truth. You're kind of getting a different, um, a different storyline of the gospel. You're getting a different storyline of, of what's right and what's wrong. Um, and she admits, and she says that this is teaching falsehood. So, um, she goes on to say that, um, she talks about how that nowadays with all of the books, the podcasts, the blogs, all of the people who have decided to leave the historic aspect out of the word of God, out of their teaching, what tends to happen with Christianity is it's being preached, the gospel is being preached from a self perspective. How does this apply to me? How, how is this going to make me happy? How does this fulfill me? Right. Um, and she says that all of these ideas building upon ourselves, ourself, um, is a really faulty foundation. We have a lot of cracks, a lot of mess ups, a lot of things that are broken, um, when it comes to us. And, and we know this, we know that at times we can have, we can be faulty because, times are constantly changing. Us human beings are constantly changing our mind. We're constantly changing the meanings of words. We're constantly changing our minds in regards to um, what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's not. And the problem with that is that with Christ, Christ is our firm foundation, not ourselves. She says, live your truth versus live the truth. There's a big difference there. Um, so pointing back to ourselves every time, um, is definitely glorified on social media, right? Social media is all about us, us, us. Um, there, there's a huge market out there for, um, just everything pointing back to us. What is it that we want? Um, what is it that we need? We always love to talk about ourselves. She says that we talk about ourselves. We focus on ourselves. We pamper ourselves. We adore ourselves. And it has everything to do with that sinful nature of worshiping ourselves, right? Um, and she even goes on to say, we were created with a different purpose to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Anything that distracts us from that will not make us happy. And I, and I understand that this is... Um, this is a different way, and I'll say this repeatedly over and over. This is a different way of understanding life than what our culture says. If you just kind of watch on social media, on any kind of media at all, um, a lot of the things that is kind of being pushed down our throats is it's all about you, baby. What is it that you want? And, and I, we will talk about later on in the following chapters. I don't think God wants us to just, you know, um, think that we're like the lowliest of lows and we're never allowed to enjoy anything. We're not allowed to like think, 
you know, positively about ourselves. I don't think that at all, but I do think that God is like, Hey, don't leave me out of this picture. Like all of the great things about you, like I created you, you know, I I gave you these opportunities, you know, I've given you this, this beautiful, abundant life, you know, to not leave him out of, of, of your life. Um, so just the importance of, of, um, understanding what our foundation is, is going to be really important as we cover the upcoming chapters and also understanding that there is a, there, there are other teachings out there that are just not, um, they're not correct. And so as you are growing in your faith, as you are learning more about, um, Christ, as you're diving more into the word, as you're researching more, I just want to encourage you to be very careful on what you find out there because there's a lot of misinformation, right? There's a lot of misinformation out there in regards to everything. We said this in the last podcast episode, just about how, you know, I thought fish oil used to be a good thing, but apparently it's not like there's always, things are always constantly changing. But when it comes to understanding the word of God, you really have to take everyone's opinions out of it, right? And just get to what the word of God says and what the word of God says is what he means, right? I I love this. um, I don't remember who it was, but I remember one person saying, you know, that one of the reasons why um, a lot of people don't believe the word of God is they say, well, it was written by man, you know, it was, it was written by man. How can you trust that? And I remember him saying, well, who do you expect to write it? (laughs) Who was supposed to write down God's word? Like we, we believe in the constitution of the United States of America that was written by man. You know, we believe, um, we believe the, the historic records of dinosaurs and, and, and historic records of George Washington and, and all those things. We believe those parts of history, those were written down by man. I wasn't there to experience any of that, but yet we teach that to our children and we, we learn about it in school and we have holidays to celebrate certain things that happened that I wasn't even there for. Right. And we don't, we don't tend to question those existence of those things or the validity in those things. But yet we do question when it comes to our faith and is this true? Is this not true? Is this written by, you know, God or, or, or humans or can I not trust in it because it's written by man? And I think that that's just where faith has to come into play. Not a blind faith. I do believe that um, anything that you hear in regards to to what you hear on this podcast or the word of God or, or if you have a question about something, I don't think that there's anything wrong with questioning that, to researching that, asking questions so that you can learn more. Absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I went through a full year of that and I'm still continuing to do that. And what I come to find out is that the more that I research, the more that I learn, the deeper my understanding becomes, um, definitely the more attractive the learning process becomes. And so I just encourage you that if you are starting to do a deep dive in the word of God, number one, don't take things out of context when you are reading. Um, there is history, there's 
a, a culture of the people. There is a language. There's there's so much richness in the word of God. You can't just take certain things out of the word and take it and run with it and create your own meaning from the scripture. You can't do it like that. Um, so one tip I have for you is make sure that you understand the context. And I understand that it can be very difficult um, understanding the word of God, understanding the Bible. I mean, I'll admit there's, there's names in there that we don't recognize. There's, there's parts of the world that we don't understand. There's, there's even areas, uh, maps of this part of the world that they're not on the map anymore. So it can be very, very overwhelming. One of my biggest tips for you is to get a study Bible. So for me personally, I love to read, um, the message translation. I absolutely love that translation. You'll find some people who don't like it and some people who do. Um, I believe that if you are a new believer or if you're a new reader of the word or you just want to understand a little bit better, uh, the message version is put out so well. Um, it's put in today's terms um, and it's just, it's it's addicting, honestly. It's very attractive the way that it's written. Um, I would say to read your Bible in that translation. If you're looking for something to start off with, that is my most favorite. But I will say that it is not the end all be all. Meaning if you're really doing a deep dive into the history, the people, and just, um, just the word of God, I say, have your message translation or have your, whatever translation you would like of your Bible, but also have a study Bible right there alongside with you. My mom and my stepdad actually bought my study Bible for my husband and I, and it is, it's big. It's very thick. The reason why it's very thick is because on each page you have the scripture and then about the bottom half of the page is going to have all the study notes Meaning for every verse that is written, there is some historical record that's tied to it, or it, it, it goes a little bit deeper into the Hebrew meaning of that word, or it talks about the, the culture and the time that it was written. That study Bible will also include maps. It'll include uh, pictures of um, the things that were in that day and age, like the temple that was there and what that would have looked like. It will also include timelines. Um, it's just so rich in so much history and so much facts that, um, that other people, other researchers, archaeologists, all these other people have basically done all the work for you. They've put it there in that study Bible and it's all in one place. So that is my second tip. First off, don't take the word out of context. You really got to stay plugged in and understand it. But also use this study Bible to help you dig into the word. And I promise you, I promise it will become very, very clear. Um, and you will be, you'll be amazed at how rich the word becomes and how attractive the word becomes. I used to not want to read my Bible very much, even in my early years of being a Christian. Um, but I will say the more that I understood the background information, all of those different things that we've talked about, it made the word very, very attractive. I wanted to learn more. It was very interesting to me. So definitely invest in some Bibles. And my last tip would be is to take it slow. Um, I did do the one year challenge where I wanted to read my Bible the whole way through. 
And maybe I'll do a whole separate podcast episode just about how to do that. But I will say that I kind of went out of order. I actually read all of the New Testament first, and then I went back and read the Old Testament. I don't think there is a right or wrong way to read through your Bible. Not at all. Um, There are several reading plans that you can actually do, but that's just the way that I ended up doing it. But I, I was encouraged by the challenge to have it done within a year. I actually had finished it, I think I was like one month early. Um, so I had actually gotten it done in less than a year. But I will say that it's not a race and to really take it slow and try to understand what it is that you're reading. Take the time to to look up pictures, look up the area, look at maps, really get into the word to try to understand the background meaning of all the things that you're reading about because from that point forward man your foundation is going to be so so strong and um, you're really you really will begin to understand a lot of the different things that maybe your pastor is discussing in church or the stories that he may reference you'll be like oh yeah yeah I do understand that the word of God is a firm foundation Remember we talked about that it's never, it's never changing and it stands the test of time, right? Um, and, and again, alluding back to what Elisa said, that ourselves is a faulty foundation. And again, that's not putting any of us down, but it's just having us take a step back and look and see at how, how consumed we are with ourselves. And instead of looking at ourselves all the time, we need to look Um, with a new fresh of eyes, a new focus, right? And a new perspective. One thing that I want to leave you with is an example of what progressive Christianity and also what just this day and age, what effect it has on us. So I will say with the ideas of a constantly changing culture, a culture that is all about, no longer about tolerance, but just about acceptance uh, over everything, things that you may not even agree with. I will say that the more that we tolerate and the more that we step aside and put our morals aside, it becomes to be an example. We become like, um, like the waves that are drifting on a shoreline. So if you think about summer's coming up really, really soon, and I'm super excited about it. I'm very, very excited about an upcoming beach trip that I have um, with my husband. And so, of course, right now we're just counting down the days to when we are right there by the beach. But I just want you to think about for a second the times that maybe you have been out in the water. Um, I, I love getting in a float and just like hanging out in the water. But if you've ever thought about the times where you're sitting on that float or if you're just, you know, you're just hanging out in the water, what tends to happen is you start in one area and then what begins to happen is the waves will begin, if you'll let them, the waves will begin to continue to push you further and further along the shoreline and before you know it if you're not paying attention you look up and you're like wait how did I get all the way down here (laughs) now I've got to get on the beach and walk in front of all these people and walk all the way back to where my chair was it happens to me all the time if I don't stand there in that water with a firm footing in the sand fighting against the waves making sure that they don't push me along right I will eventually 
end up further and further down the shoreline from where I started. So I want you to keep that perspective on today's culture, the things that you're hearing and standing up for your faith and the things that you believe in, because it doesn't, it doesn't take very much. In fact, if we, if we kind of, you know, hang out in the float just a little bit, you know, we can put our foot down every now and then to ground ourselves on that foundation. But if we just stay in the water, the water is the culture, right? If we stay in the water, cause we, we have to be here. We're in this world, right? God says that we are in this world, but we're not to be of it. So we have to be in the water there. But if we choose to relax a little on the things that we are supposed to have a firm footing on, a grounding on, next thing you know, before you know it, if you give a, if you do a little give and take here and there, you're going to find yourself drifted way down the shoreline, right? You're going to think, how in the world did I get all the way here? Because it's very, very easy to do. Um, It's very easy to give a little here and then just let some things go there when it comes to our culture. Because let's, let's face it, it's, uh, it's hard sometimes standing up for the things that you believe in and for your faith. It's exhausting Um, just because Christians don't have it very easy. I will say that in today's society, we're kind of looked at as bigots or hypocrites or like we're the enemy, right? Um, I do think it's possible to be able to have a firm foundation, a firm footing in that sand and still be able to enjoy being in the waters, right? We can enjoy being around others in our culture, right? Without giving up on the things that we believe in and our morals and the things that we stand for. So just keep that, just think about that today. Uh, Think about it this week. Think about that perspective, right? Having that firm foundation, Christ being our firm foundation, not ourselves. Uh, We're faulty on many things. And do we mess up? Yeah, absolutely. Do we end up all the way down the shoreline sometimes? Absolutely. What's important is to recognize, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've gotten a little, a little far from where I started. It's time to walk back all the way back to, to my set of chairs by the beach, right? It's time to grab my flute and, and take it all the way back, right? Recognizing that and making that change to come back, come back to that firm foundation, that in itself, wow, if we can do that, that's awesome. Cause we will, we will mess up every now and then, but recognizing that coming back to that firm foundation, coming back to the word, what the word says, not what we want it to say, not, oh, I don't like this part, so I'm just going to pretend like I didn't read that part. I'm just going to push right along, right? It's very easy to do. I will say that you're going to have a lot of questions when you're reading the Word of God. You're going to have a lot of things where you're like, I don't like that. I don't like that it said that. I don't understand this, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But trying to change the Word of God and trying to change what God has clearly said in His Word, that's when it becomes a problem, right? So just chew on that. Let that marinate this week. And um, next week, we're going to be diving in to one of the truths that she has. In fact, I'm going to pull it up for you. The next uh, truth, the next thing that we will be covering, if I can get there, the chapter is actually called Leprechauns. And it's all about um, choosing to believe something, even if it's not true right? So this idea that, um, even though something is not true, 
We're choosing to believe in it. What's true for you is true and the same for me. It's all about um, subjective truth instead of objective truth. So we're, we're going to dive into that next week. So I hope you'll be back and join me here until then. Have a great one. Thanks so much for joining me with this podcast episode. I hope you'll be back for our next episode that we will have in the series. Uh, until then, if you need any other Truth and Gratitude content, you can check out Truth and Gratitude on the Instagram page or check out truthandgratitude.com where you can find all things that are faith, travel, and truth. As always, guys, continue to be raw, be authentic, and be you.